Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I'm here with Andrew Luce. Hello. <laughs> So you were born, was it Woodside? Wow. I'm, wait, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Um, I was I was born in kind of like Los Altos, Palo Alto area, actually. Yeah. I think at Stanford Hospital. Um, but I lived... How did you know that? That's so weird. Like, I lived between like Los Altos and San Francisco, actually, my whole life uh, in like early stages before yeah. I went to high school. Um, Woodside is where my mom lived. My parents have been divorced since I was really young. Oh. But Woodside's where my mom lived, and that's where I was growing up, like, through middle school and all that. And then when I went to high school, they moved. But mostly Woodside, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. your parents were in that area, like, the whole time, too. Yeah, exactly. My up. dad was jumping around a bunch. Um, my mom remarried when I was, like, four or something, so... Oh, so you barely remember their divorce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, all, it's all been good. I've... It was a very uh, pleasant divorce, honestly. But um, she, she, yeah, she's kind of stayed in one or two houses with my stepdad. But my dad was bouncing all around, like with different jobs and all that. And he yeah. lives in New York now, actually. Oh, yeah. what do they do? Um, my mom and stepdad are actually uh, largely retired. Uh, my dad is really similar to me, actually, in the way that he doesn't really have like a job as far as I know, but he just, like, hustles every single day and does, like, all sorts of different kinds of things. More, um, like, creative or...? Yeah, like, creative work, but more, like, just freelance stuff. Like, he just really doesn't like working for, like, a boss. Yeah. Um, and he just kind of, like, gaming systems, not, like, video game systems, but, like, literally gaming the system to be able to get, like, the most out of the least, if that makes sense. He's a Wait, really, so what he's a really weird dude. Um... <laughs> Is there, like, he, one thing that he did for a while, or...? He, well, when I was growing up, he was in stocks. Um, oh, okay. But when my parents got divorced, like, some things got changed with that, so... I, like, I honestly don't have a fucking clue. Like, he does, like, <laughs> he does, like, website design type oh, stuff. A lot of, cool. like, a lot of internet-based communications and helps, like, start uh, businesses and all that, but he's had a really crazy life. Like, really, really crazy life. Damn. A lot of ups and downs, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. your mom? Um, my mom, not nearly as crazy of a life, uh, but she, she worked a lot in, like, tech and all that, but I honestly, like, really don't know that much about my parents', like, yeah. work histories. They just don't really tell me that much. Oh. Yeah, as far as that goes. <laughs> what did it, what was it like growing up in Woodside? Um, it was honestly, like, probably the most, uh, secluded, kind of just... Woodside is like a total bubble from the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, it's a super nice, beautiful area, but like culturally speaking, I didn't get really any of the, um, like I, I was, I was very blessed to live in an area like there, but I didn't really grow up with kids or like having like childhood experiences actually, like at all. Like my, my growing up was literally just playing video games pretty much and making music actually. Um, but I never had like typical like middle school shenanigans yeah. really like my my middle school was really um 
there was like not a single kid doing drugs in my middle school, for example. Like that just wasn't even a concept there. Where like, I yeah, the the whole thought of that when I was in like sixth grade was just like completely beyond me mentally. But I just found out my like one of my best friends was smoking weed when he was like twelve, and apparently that's a normal thing now. <laughs> but I didn't really grow up around that. Yeah, it was very like very bubbly, like just a bunch of old people, not that many kids. Um, and super I didn't, isolated. yeah, super isolated. And I didn't go. It was like it was like the suburbs, um, and I didn't go to school in Woodside. I went to school in, um, I went to public school for elementary school in Palo Alto, and then for middle school, I went to like a private, like really fucking weird, like weird, weird, weird private school um, in a place called Hillsborough. But it was like no grades, no tests, like kids there that were named like sunflower and what? shit like that like just really weird upbringing honestly yeah <laughs> i was around like some really unusual weird stuff <laughs> were you into school though i really liked being around like other kids um but i i would say after i left middle school i i got a lot less into it socially i guess like um because I've, I've been doing music pretty much my whole life like as far as i remember i was playing guitar like every day for hours a yeah, day. Yeah, you were oh, young, like eight yeah, or like, something. Exactly, like eleven years ago. Um, which is also crazy to think about. But <laughs> um, that was that has been like my whole thing forever. I was a pretty social, like fun, outgoing kid when I was younger. Um, but at my middle school, it was such a small place that it was more like a family type environment. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like big middle, like it wasn't like the typical middle school experience where you go and you're like getting pushed into lockers or whatever, like typical like yeah. US middle school, high school experiences. Um, it was a lot more of like a family close knit community. So I, I really like that kind of stuff. I like one one on one conversations mm -hmm. with people. I like cannot do small talk. Um, yeah. So that was nice for me. But when I went to high school, it was a lot different. Like I wanted to leave pretty much right away. I went to um, I went to a boarding school because that's what my sister did, and I just really liked the concept of it. I think maybe it was just that I I wanted to like follow in her footsteps, kind of. But mm -hmm. I just remember the second I got there, I was absolutely miserable, and like the classes weren't interesting to me. The kids like. It was just like way too much for me mentally. Um, was it because it's like so everyone is like 24-7 with each other like class and then dorm life? Yeah, kind of. It was also just like way different. It was like a little bit more normal kids than like, like I really went to the weirdest middle school ever. It's called Nueva. Um, <laughs> you can look it up. It's a great school. Like I actually owe a lot of my musical development to it. But um, and really amazing teachers, but like the weirdest fucking place on the planet. Um, so I got, I started getting exposed to more like normal kids and just like socializing, being in bigger environments, having to like introduce myself to people and like explain what it is that I like and like doing and like the icebreaker things. Like I just cannot, that just does not work with like yeah. my social, uh, presence, I guess. So, mm -hmm. um, I basically locked myself in a room for my entire first two years of high school, honestly. And I like, I was really close friends with my roommate actually. Um, like we were, we basically couldn't be separated, but other than that, I had not very many friends, honestly. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the way throughout all of high school. But, yeah. but I just, I did my work and I was a, a decent student. Um, and I just did it cause I knew I had to get it done. Yeah. But beyond that, like it was, I just did music and that was kind of like my way of shutting out everything yeah. else. What kind of subjects were you into back then? 
Um, English and math. But I'm fucking terrible at math now. It's so bad. Because I don't, I don't go to school right now, so like, yeah. all that quick skill is gone. But I love English. I, I never really read for fun until towards the end of my high school experience. But like, I just had this, it was, it was a great school, like really good teachers. And I had this one teacher that uh, just kind of explained to me the concept of reading and like, how you can read like thousands of years of people's past mistakes and learn about them so you don't have to make them yourself when you can just read a book in like a day. Yeah. And that was like, yeah. I love reading. Reading's super important. It's like that helicopter has been us. Sorry guys, the audio. You were influenced by like, was it Appetite for Destruction? Yeah, how do you know that? That's crazy. <laughs> um, that's so weird. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was, I was, I think seven years old at just like a family friend get together around the holidays, I think. Um, and I was just crazy bored. Like I used to bring my PlayStation to all of our family events and just like plug it into their TV and play. <laughs> um, but I forgot to bring it or they didn't let me bring it or something this time. So I just like wandered outside into my mom's car and listened through it. And I was just like, this is everything I've ever wanted to do. And like literally immediately after that, I started like doing guitar lessons, playing guitar every day, like buying the books, like learning everything I possibly could to like play those songs. And that was like kind of how I first got into music. Did it ever occur to you to join a band because you did guitar and drums? Um, yeah, and it's honestly like, I think my dream is being in a band at some point. I would love to do that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But I did bands when I was in middle school a lot. Like I was in classes. I, I took like all the music classes I could. My middle school, again, it was weird, but like they had some really cool, like I was in like a music production class when I was in sixth grade, which is pretty crazy. Like no other middle schools really offer that. Um, but I did band stuff. I had friends at school that, that played drums and bass and we would play like during our lunch periods. Um, and then I was also actually in concert band when I was in high school, but not really the same. Yeah. Were you into some UK music? Yeah. Um, so that's where I had this friend named Sam that I met in middle school and him and I used to just listen to like beat music. He actually was probably like one of the first kind of inspirations for me as far as electronically produced music goes. Um, but he would, we would listen to like Flying Lotus and like Burial was the big one. Um, and like all this kind of like old UK dub music. And I didn't really know what it was at the time. I, I wasn't thinking of it as like a different type of music. It just sounded different to me. Um, and then I remember I was in seventh grade on a bus trip to Ashland in Oregon for this like theater trip we were doing in seventh grade. Um, and I, I was really into music blogs at the time. And I just remember finding like, it was some really, really old Skrillex track. But I remember hearing that and it just blew my mind. And I literally like went around the bus and I was like, everyone listen to this, listen to this, listen oh my to God. this. And then right when I came home, um, I did like as much research as I possibly could about just like making those sounds and all that. And that's kind of what got me to start producing actually. I started the summer before I went into my eighth grade. Yeah. Were you always under the same, like your own name? Um, yes, I tried to come up with one a lot of times actually when I was younger, but um, eventually I came to the consensus that like, there's just no way I could ever attach myself to like a particular name as far as my, it's actually, it's a tough question. Cause like, I'm, um, this is on the very down low, but like Andrew Luce is not and will not be the only thing that I'm doing. 
Yeah. Um, so now that I've kind of conceptually broken out of the idea of just having like one project, it's changed a little bit, but I just really didn't want to have like, an, like, um, trying to think like literally people were named like booty clap when I like started <laughs> making music like that was the type of electronic at the time and I figured if I named myself something like that I when you I were knew. like 15 16 yeah your 15 mom, 16 like, calling you calling <laughs> yeah. Booty clap. yeah exactly it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a good look at all um as far as the family side of things goes <laughs> oh my God. and I just knew that like down the road I would I would have kind of gotten over the name and I really wanted people to associate my music just like with me as a person more um than with like a stage name, I guess. Because yeah. I, was, I was marketing my music and sharing my music and promoting it to other like fellow teenagers or young kids. Um, and I, I hate the idea of like, like art, like celebrity artist type thing. Like being super disconnected from the fans or anything like that, I think is so stupid. Because they're like the people that are actually supporting you and, um, and giving you feedback and listening to your music and paying the bills and all that. So like, I think having that sort of connection is a really good thing. Like, I actually talk to a lot of my fans on, like, a really regular basis. Oh, wow. To where, like, they're friends, basically. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing. I just... <coughs> having, like, a brand name or something behind the music just wasn't super interesting to me. But there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of benefits to doing it, too, I think. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I did, but... Were you kind of known in your high school doing, like, music stuff? Did people, like, know you as a music kid then? <laughs> yeah. It, um... <laughs> It was, it took a little bit for people to kind of catch on to what I was doing, I think. Um, I was also super competitive. Like, I was kind of an asshole when I was, like, a freshman in high school. Because, like, <laughs> I was just out to get, like, every other producing kid at my high school. Um, because there were a lot, actually. There were a lot of kids that kind of started producing around that time. Because, again, that's when, like, Skrillex and all that was popular. Right. Um, but, um... A lot of those kids actually ended up getting like kicked out or had drug-related issues oh. or anything like that. So, um, Damn, that like cleared the competition for you already. Yeah, it did. I, I did. It did all the work for me. Um, it did all the work. Hopefully, they're doing okay now. But, uh, <laughs> but I started like DJing the school dances and and all that kind of stuff. And eventually, through that, I like. I just tried to actually play music that the kids wanted to hear, and that was like how they initially knew me, just because I like did a pretty good job at the school dances. Um, so and then, so they like stuff outside of like top 40 then? Yeah, exactly. Cause oh, like, wow. cause I mean, you know the type of music that is played at like a school dance, it's all yeah. garbage. And like, and I knew that kids wanted like super hype music at the time. Cause that was when like YG, like Bay Area style rap and um, electronic were really coming up. And that was like my whole, cause I'm from the Bay and I love that kind of music. And that was like my whole initial phase kind of with the remixes was making like early 2000s music and like kind of refining them to like more modern times with like electronic influence and stuff like that. <laughs> Basically after I played at Snow Globe when I was a sophomore that's when kids really like. You won a competition <laughs> to play that right? Yeah that's when kids really started to catch on a bit more because um, I like went around my boarding school dorm and would like go into kids rooms and like ask them to vote for me because that was the beauty of boarding school It's like there was like 400 500 kids just all at my disposal that I could just walk <laughs> into their room and ask to vote for me And then some of them like this kid from Turkey uh, Named Semi. Thank you again Semi. He Like would go online and go to all his Turkish friends and ask them to vote for me and all that 
So like doing things like that kind of helped spread my name out um, at the high school with what I was doing. And then kids were like, were crazy supportive actually. I, I'm, and this school was pretty supportive actually. I'm very oh. like blessed to not have ever really had to deal with too much like BS from that front. Same thing with my parents, like very, very, very supportive oh, wow. people with everything I do. Was Snow Globe the first like big thing, big performance that you did? It was my first show, really, actually. Yeah. Like, other than just school stuff. I ha Yeah, I, b I literally bought tickets for me and all my friends to go when I was, like, an act that played there just because of, like, how little I knew about, like, that whole scene and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> Did you already have fans by that point? Like, were watching your performance in Snowglow back then? Apparently, yeah. Um, definitely not many. Like, relatively speaking to the time period, it was a lot, but, like... To give like an actual number, I had like 700 followers on SoundCloud or something like that. Oh, Some, damn. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And was it early on that you started lying about your age? Um, no, I never lied. Oh, you I, didn't? Yeah, I didn't lie. I was frustrated at first with that, but um, you pretty quickly realize like if you're going to a show and you do drink and you're like 16 years old and something yeah. goes wrong. It's like, it's over for that venue or the promoters. Like they have to shut down, they lose their liquor oh. license and like, it's all over for them. So I picked up on that pretty quickly um, and just kind of respected that like, they have their job and I have my job. But I was like, I remember I played a show when I was, the example I always use, I played a show when I was 16 in San Francisco um, at this 21 plus venue and they didn't let me inside for 45 minutes. Um, and then they eventually let me inside and they were like, you cannot go anywhere, you can't drink anything, we'll throw you out, we'll close the whole show. And I was like, okay, no worries. Because I, I actually still don't really drink, but I really, really didn't when I was younger. Yeah. Like, I did not even have like a sip of alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, but they didn't even let me sit like in the artist sitting area. They like, I got there like an hour and a half before the show because I was stoked about it. And they put me on like a stool on the stage. <laughs> And just had me sit there for like an hour and a half. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was tough, but I still deal with the same problems now. Yeah. But um, you eventually get used to it. Yeah. Like it's just it's just part of the deal. Actually, what what do your parents think of you being in like the music scene at such a young age, where everyone's like drinking or you know? Um. I think it like it depends on the sides. I think my mom and stepdad sort of side of it. They lived with me. My dad moved to New York when I was like a sophomore in high school, so I um, I started seeing him like a lot less frequently. Whereas my parents, as in my like my mom, moved to where my high school was actually when I went there. So they like were seeing me often and like they knew what was going on. And I was like completely out of like drinking and drugs and partying and all that. Mm -hmm. Like especially my first three years of high school, really. Yeah, so um, they just trusted you, I guess. Yeah. yeah, so they just, like, really trusted me, I think. I, my dad did, too. I'm sure they were both a little bit worried about it. Um, but it, it was really, like, when I was young, I did, again, electric guitar, but I did, like, classical guitar, and I was in, like, this classical guitar program. I was doing a lot of jazz stuff, playing drums, too, like, going to band camps and all that. And I think the the only weird thing for them on both sides was, like, they were seeing me doing like a classical recital at the end of eighth grade and then like about a year and a half later I was playing at Snowglum and like that was just the weirdest thing for them because there was like 
my whole eighth grade, I would just sit inside and produce and they didn't really know what I was doing, but they just like kind of told me to just get outside and like go exercise or anything. Cause I was like, a, <laughs> I was like a seriously chubby boy. Like really? I didn't, yeah, I did not leave my room. I just made music all day. Um, <laughs> but they didn't really know what I was doing, but luckily because of like the snow globe situation and, um, just kind of working with the circumstances that I had in boarding school when I had like a lot of free time that I didn't spend doing typical high school things. Um, it was pretty quick that they started to catch on to what I was doing and start supporting it. Like my parents all came to Snow Globe that year that I played oh, in. Oh. Um, and I think that just being able to see that I was like actually doing something with it, they were just like, they, they've been the most supportive and like the most trusting ever since really. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing, honestly. Did you say before that you kind you kind of like didn't like most of the shows and you that you liked that you performed at? Oh, that that does sound like something I would say. Um, so basically, I think just in the last, because I after I finished high school is when I moved down here, like right afterwards, two weeks afterwards or so, um, and my life was absolutely amazing at the time. Like just finished high school, like beautiful, the most loving relationship ever. Um, just so many good things like lined up and going on and my idea was move to LA uh, get my EP done that summer release it afterwards like so on and so forth super straightforward plan but I moved to LA and I just had this sense of like I just knew that I needed to like screw something in my life up honestly to like inspire some sort of change because seriously there were so many good things that were going on I wasn't like ins really inspired to to do much anymore because I think one of the things that happens when you're an artist is like um, or at least for me like when you're like a bedroom producer type artist is you have all these initial like kind of goals of I want to get a million plays or I want to get a million plays on one song or like I want to have a release on this label or I want to play in front of really big crowds or anything like that like there's a huge huge difference between playing for five ooh, <laughs> for playing for five people and then playing for 10,000 people. And like you go and see those types of crowds and you're like, wow, I really want to do that. And then when you do those things, which honestly isn't that challenging to get to that first point, to just be able to do them once, um, I think a lot of your, just a lot of that initial drive goes away and transforms into something else because once you knock out the superficial things, I think is when you really realize like what you're actually interested in. Um, and what you actually want to do in music, if anything, like maybe you just wanted to play in front of a big crowd one time and that's it. Um, but for me, I, I had kind of passed through a lot of the initial goals that I wanted to make when I was in high school and I just didn't really know what to do anymore when I moved here. And I realized over the course of like a year or so that I just really was not as into um, electronic shows anymore, but mostly 100% like the actual listening and producing of electronic dance music. I have infinite love for it, infinite respect for it. I think it's one of the most amazing like cultures of music. Um, and I don't think there's any shows that you can go to that are more like loving and supportive than electronic. Like the, the whole community is absolutely amazing. Um, but just, I think my taste changed and like my ears definitely changed. And I just kind of started realizing like as I was playing shows that I'd be playing bigger shows and like in front of crowds, but there were two things. One, that I wasn't playing out any of my own music, which felt really inauthentic to me um, because I want to have like a full package. Like if there's 10,000 kids in a crowd 
and five of them know my music and five of them are there to see me, then I want to give those five like what they expect to see, yeah. like what they came to see. Not me playing just some other music to get people hyped. At the same time, I love getting people super hyped and I don't think my music has ever been made for, um, it hasn't for a long time been made for clubs or for festivals. Like, it was more like, this is such a, a nasty, horrible phrase for me to use, but like intelligent dance music kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like, I was trying to incorporate like some musicality into the stuff that, that was getting kids excited and energetic and all that. Um, and for some of it, it worked, but yeah, it just, it just didn't feel right going out and having the live experience be something different than what I was interested in and what I wanted to make at home. And I think another thing that's so um, important to remember when you're doing electronic is you can be in front of 25,000 people, but none of them can have any idea who you are. And that's like very different from the past where like usually if you're playing in front of those types of crowds, um, it's because you have like kind of earned your spot to get there almost and like you've built up a big fan base you have tons of people that are coming and buying tickets to go see you but like in the electronic space you can have good booking agents and have a couple songs that did well online and play in front of tens of thousands of people and again like there's just there's no real connection you're just there to give them music to dance to like there's no like yeah. artist fan connection and that's like the most important thing to me um because again, like I said, like one of the reasons why I didn't choose a stage name was because I wanted people to be able to kind of connect and relate with me more personally, especially like younger kids. Um, and yeah, it, it just was against everything I believed in in that sense. It was completely separated in all respects, like my music from my shows to the kind of way I was connecting people with people at shows. Um, so this last year, I kind of have gone through like this huge transformative process of realizing that like, Everything I was doing, I liked at one point, um, but I just, it wasn't really in line with my taste now and like what I'm really passionate about now. So that's this, <coughs> this EP that I just finished and I'm, uh, and I'm working out all the label and like release and for is kind of the first step towards that. But there's literally that like hundreds of other things, songs, like types of content that I'm going to be pushing that will actually be like in line with what I'm into yeah. now. But yeah, if I'm going to be putting music out under the name Andrew Luce and I'm going to be like going to like, if, if I'm going to be with people and they're going to like open Spotify and be like, oh, let me, let me like listen to your music. I want it to be like something I'm really proud of and I can stand behind and like explain and all that. And I just, I noticed over time that I was, I don't know, I was putting a ton of effort into my music. I always have. I've never done like a low effort job on anything or like put something out that I wasn't happy with in some way. Um, but I just realized that the driving factor for like each click I was doing or like each note I was playing or anything was more based around like routine than it was about what I actually thought like is good, honestly. It's, it was an amazing breakthrough realization for me and I, I think the music that I've made over the last year has been like not even remotely comparable to what I've made in the past in terms of just like quality and actual like being able to hear a substance in the music, I guess. How did Daruma come about? Um, Daruma came about really like in a really funny way, actually. It was, I was initially reached out to um, by who was at the time XVII and now Vincent. 
Um, yeah, I was reached out to by him and a couple other, or one other producer at the time that he was friends with, and who, who's not making music now as, as far as I know at least. Um, but they reached out to me and they just had like, they were just like, yeah, we're thinking about like making some sort of group of some sort. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so the first night we came up with the name Daruma and like worked out documents and they were working with a kind of pseudo manager at the time that was helping like put all this stuff into spreadsheets just because artists are terrible at that usually. Um, and yeah, I mean, from there on out, it really evolved a lot in a short period of time. Like artist collectives at the time and still are such a tough thing to manage because you're dealing with kids from all sorts of areas of the world, all different backgrounds, like all different levels of motivation and experience and like professional type experience, like being able to actually do things on time and all that. But um, we've actually been working on a absurd amount of stuff over the last year to kind of like relaunch in a similar way that I'm doing with my own career actually. And just really, really being up on actually curating like good quality music that people haven't heard before. Cause that's what we were doing in the beginning, and that's kind of what the um, what the name of the game has always been is is like trying to put a spotlight on the music or the people or um, whatever it might be that don't get like the recognition that they deserve, but are doing something really cool and like hopefully going to be like kind of the sound of the next couple months or the next year, yeah. or whatever it might be. How do you think you've grown as a person since when you started? It's like so many different ways. I think. I think. Um, I realized pretty quickly that I don't, like I love playing shows, I love being in front of a lot of people and I love knowing that my music is connecting with people, um, but I realized really quickly that I'm not really that interested in, um, like I hate having like a spotlight on me if that makes sense. And when I was younger that was honestly kind of a, a big factor of what I was doing I think. <laughs> like there was the music portion of it. But then there was also me being like, wow, I can use the internet now and like actually get fans and like go play shows and stuff. And that was so cool to me. Um, and it still is really cool to me now, but I think the entirety of what I'm trying to do at this point is make music for myself that's like authentic for myself, but also like really, really try and be like a motivating force for other kids that, <coughs> whether it's music or whatever they want to do, um, just kind of being someone there for people to talk to, for people to send their music to, for people to, um, to people to just kind of look at and understand that 99% of the time that if you really, really want something, it's just about like putting the effort in, honestly. And like, there's so many kids I think that have so many cool ideas, even like best friends of mine that are so passionate, so creative, so like motivated, and they just don't do anything. And then they like, they might blame it on like other factors or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's just like about actually putting work in. And um, I think if I've changed in any way as a person, I've become a lot more focused about like, a lot less focused about what I personally just want to do within like my own self. And a lot more focused on like what I can do for other people and how, um, how I can kind of use my experiences, I guess, to help other people not make like similar mistakes that I did. Like this whole last year basically I haven't really been outputting any music just because I I couldn't honestly. Like I had to take a year off for the most part and really 
experience life, I guess, and like read books and start inputting a lot more information because for the longest time I was just in a room making music, outputting, outputting, outputting. And then again, I kind of just ran myself dry of that and I needed to find like new inspiration and all that. Um, and in that process, there's just so many things that I, I think I was able to sort out that, um, that I would love to pass on to like other fellow 19 year olds. Cause I think 2017 is like the weirdest time ever to be a teenager or like a young person. Like there's just <laughs> so much shit going on to worry about for everyone. Um, and it's always been that way, but there's just so many different types of problems that exist now. Um, and being able to express yourself and being able to have ideas and see them come to life and not just think of them as like, just like a distant idea or a distant dream or anything like that, but being able to actually see your ideas come to life, I think is so important for like the development of young people to mm -hmm. see that they're like actually capable of doing something big and important. Cause we all grew up like scaling our importance off of like how many likes we got like on a Facebook profile picture or something like that when we were like yeah. 13 or 14. So like now that that's all over and we all hopefully realize that that's just a bunch of like bullshit. Um, I think that we are so such a creative, powerful generation that is just so lazy. And I, I am just really focused on trying to get people to not be lazy and try and do something cool with like all the crazy stuff that's going on, I guess, and all the things that we have access to now. Yeah, answers a bit of my last question, but what do you want to be remembered for? Anything different to what you just said? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm too young to answer that. <laughs> like, I don't even, yeah, I don't even know really what I want to be, uh, what I want to be doing in like a couple years necessarily. I guess if there's anything that I, I, I just, again, I just really want to make a lasting impact on people that will go well beyond the extent of like my own lifetime. Um, I'm such like an ever-changing person. I think everyone is, is constantly changing so often that, that, and especially in music, it's like I used to be so focused on getting like the one perfect song or the one perfect record or anything. And that's just not really how it works because people will listen to your song now for five days and then they move on to something else. Mm, yeah. um, so I really think it would honestly just be having my, um, again, like my experiences and kind of my, my passion for actually seeing like ideas come to life or seeing my own uh, musical concepts or anything that I have come to life and just expanding that out to other people and showing them that they're able to do really whatever they want to. As, as like cliche of a thing that is, I think it's seriously so important for this generation of kids are like actually doing something right now. Yeah. Not just like, not just going through the numbers and then like cashing out in 60 or so years and not really having done anything. Cause again, there's just so much opportunity for people to be creating and doing cool things. You don't need like studios or anything like that. You don't need like big expensive photo cameras anymore. Like you can do so much creation with just like things that we have that most people have, at least in the U.S., at their disposal. And that's such a luxury that, that people aren't really taking advantage of, I feel like, sometimes. And to not really listen to anyone other than yourself, I think that's also a yeah. really important one that I would like to pass on to people. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Bye, guys.